Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the MTG Conflicts Cast. My name is Steven, I'm joined by my co-hosts John hey. and Chris. Hey. And in today's episode we'll be talking about our RPTQ turnouts over the weekend and the three Grand Prix that just happened. Let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we talk about what decks we piloted and what decks we played against this past week. Chris, let's start with you. Well, uh, I'm going to save the discussion about the RPTQ for a little bit later because I did play the same deck on Friday night as I did at the RPTQ. Um, and that is Blue Red Swans. Um, played it at FNM to a 3 1 finish. Um, I typically. Um, Tend to draw in the last round just to try and you know guarantee the the EV so I can keep going infinite. This time I decided to go ahead and play it out instead of settling with two one and one and ended up winning that final round against Titan Shift. But I did uh, lose a game to uh, Big Dino. Opponent cast a Summoner's Pack and I figured, ah, eh, what's the worst that could happen? I still have my remand, whatever. And he goes and gets a Carnage Tyrant and I was I was less happy. Yeah, he did the same thing to me last week. <laughs> yeah, He's I, learning. I, was, <laughs> I, I was almost able to race it with like cryptic commands, but uh, he also had two Valakuts and a lot of mountains, so it was it's pretty rough. What about you, John? What did you play? I played a spicy Mardu pile on Friday night to a three and one finish, uh, losing to Swans, but I managed to prove that Mardu pile is the superior black mid-range deck beating Jund and Abzan along the way as well as a uh, blue-white control deck um, and then over the weekend I played blue-red Delver with Treader Course and um, was again kind of uh, underwhelmed with the way the deck performed so I think I'm going to be pursuing Grixis Delver again for my legacy testing in the near future uh, how about you Steven how'd you do uh, so I'll also save my RPTQ discussion because I played the same deck in FNM, uh, but it was Affinity. I went two and one. I was pretty happy with the way I played, and I lost to uh, I believe it was Storm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the coolest deck I saw over the weekend was nothing. Really, uh, it was I, it was pretty much basic. I, <clears throat> if I haven't already talked about it, I guess I did see a pretty cool standard deck. Well, <clears throat> I guess I did see a pretty cool standard deck that was being playtested. It was a, a mono blue standard deck that just ran you know counter spells and two or three creatures to finish the game. But it was essentially just a really strong control deck, um, and it kept its own against uh, Ramnop Red. For a few turns, and then once Ramen Up was able to pop their uh, Bomat Courier, it just uh, turned heavily in favor of the Burn player. What about you guys? Do you guys see any cool decks? Um, probably the most interesting or um, unexpected deck I saw over the weekend was at the RPTQ. Someone decided to play the um, Hollowed One Vengevine deck. Ooh. Wow. It's ballsy. Wow. Actually, uh, they might have top eighted. I, I think I saw on the top eight for that event that someone was playing that deck. So it was probably that guy. Yeah, he was doing quite well. Quite well for himself. Apparently, uh, some other guy said he had lost to him in the finals of a PPTQ prior in the season. And he just kind of showed up and skilled on everybody in the room. Yeah, I guess that's how you do that. I want, to know. I want to know where that guy gets his luck from. <laughs> yeah, what uh, what deals are he making? Well, let's uh, just jump right into our RPTQ results. Chris, how did you do? So I played at the RPTQ in uh, Eudaimonia in Berkeley. Um, the final turnout was 42 players, which was one shy of the cutoff for top four getting invites. And uh, I, I think I should talk a little bit about the the strange debacle that occurred about the number of registered players. Um, when I'd arrived there and when round one was starting, um, we had thought or had 48 people registered for the event, I believe. And so the judges, uh, I guess they had heard something about a traffic jam or something, and they uh, would award that 
everyone who wasn't there yet, like a five-minute time extension to get uh, their, their first round. If they were late by five minutes, they'd get a game loss instead of uh, immediately as the round started. But as it turned out, after some uh, investigating, that the a lot of these people who were signed up for this RPGQ were never going to arrive, and that they were just names put in in order to try to inflate the number of um, players to get more invite slots. Um, because upon further investigation, a lot of the people's names, who were people who didn't show up, um, were not even qualified to play at the RPTQ. That is scummy. So that was very bizarre, and I'm, I'm not sure how that was even possible to happen, to have people <laughs> pre-register for an event they're not qualified for. <laughs> serious bamboozle. <laughs> but um, once that was sorted out, um, there were only 42 players left. And so that's only top two would make the the pro tour. Um, I wish I could say that I inf- missed the pro tour by one getting third or something, but uh, that was far from far from true. Um, I played Swans and played against Grixis Shadow game one, uh, lost to it one and two. Uh, I feel like I could have played a little bit better. I had a in game one, I had an opportunity to either draw four cards or pass with Storm Denial up, or Scred, and I f- felt that I could only really be punished by like a combination of three plus cards from my opponent, and he just had to, he had it all. He had like, um, Thoughtseize plus Counterspell plus Removal. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I guess drawing four on, while well, he was tapped out would have been a lot better, but this... At the same time, my best card would have been Thought Seized, and my Swan still would have died, and he still would have had a counterspell for whatever I had left. <laughs> so I, I feel like I, I did make a mistake, but I don't know if it was would have changed the outcome. Game two, he drew no lands, and I got a free win. And then game three, I didn't have a um, counterspell for his turn three Lily on the play that he just jammed out there, and it kind of took over the game. Uh, round two, lost to Affinity. Um, I wasn't sure what I was playing against. There was a lot of Affinity and Grixis Shadow in the room, but there was still, you know, other decks I would have liked to play against, like uh, Death and Taxes and the Vizier Company deck. So I kept a hand of um, a bunch of Remands and some lands. thought it would be decent. And my opponent opened with um, Memnite, and I was very sad that I had a bunch of Remands in my hand. <clears throat> so I, I lost game one pretty pretty quickly. Game two, I had to mull down to six and kept a hand of, like, I think it was Bolt, Swan, some lands, and I figured, well, you know, I'll probably draw something, and then I proceeded to draw land, land, Swan. That's so my, one, my one Bolt was not, not enough to keep me afloat. Um, round three, my opponent never showed up, so I got a win. I guess. Uh, I saw him actually leave the event. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting outside as uh, round two was uh, still coming to a close because I'd lost pretty pretty quickly. And I see him get into the car and drive away, only to realize that uh, he is my opponent. I was paired in round three, so <laughs> I didn't get to play any magic. You're right. <laughs> and then round four, I lose to Affinity again. Um... Game one, they just had they just went really wide, and my bolts couldn't keep up. Uh, constrained to just one red source of mana. <clears throat> Game two, I was able to pull it out despite my opponent drawing eight cards off of uh, my swan. Um, but each time they galvanized my swan, they dumped out their hand, and I angered them. <laughs> drew three, they galvanized again, jumped their hand, and I snap anger them. Draw three. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they uh, ran out of gas after that. Just, I'm sorry, Stephen, but that's just like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> and then game three, I proceed to lose with um, somewhere around eight consecutive lands on top of my library. Ouch. I guess, to be fair, I only drew three of them before I died. But I checked the next, you know, seven to eight cards of my deck, and the first, like, five were also lands. Just because you wanted to be extra tilted on the way home, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's important. 
So I have something to stew on. <laughs> <laughs> D- despite uh, them paying down the top 24 at a 40 man, 42 man event, meaning uh, over half of the participants would get some amount of prize support, uh, I felt like it just you know just wasn't happening that day, and decided to pack it in. So I went ahead and dropped out for that one. I was uh, probably too tilted to actually play play real games anymore. The real value play that you missed there was not getting food while you were in Berkeley. <laughs> That's like the real misplay he made. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just looking around the, around the room, there was a lot more Grixer Shadow than I thought. And so I was expecting Titan Shift to be a little bit more popular, but there's only like one or two guys on that. And a whole bunch of Affinity as well. <clears throat> I was also expecting a little bit more five-colored humans, but the only person who registered that deck was the guy who um, left and was supposed to play me around three. And only one person on Storm. Um, but what was probably the most surprising was the uh, the green-red Hollowed One Vengevine deck, and he was just tearing it up at the top tables, apparently. Interesting. <clears throat> that deck is, like, super glass cannon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I don't know exactly what the, you know, the current builds of it are. But I think they they also have like the sort of quote unquote backup plan of burning tree into burning tree into a bushwhacker. Yeah. Oh, so they, interesting. So they have like multiple um, different styles of nut hands. Sure, and and they can they can either go really wide or just resolve two really big creatures, um, or three, I guess, if you have enough edge vines in your graveyard. Yeah, I guess they could do some disgusting stuff like. You know, turn one neonate. You know, discard this vengevine, draw a card. Turn two burning tree into the uh, bushwhacker, and with the bushwhacker trigger cast on the stack, you put the vengevine back into play, so it still gets buffed by the, uh, wow. the bushwhacker. Wow! Yeah, the... spicy. Just crash crazy. for like a million damage. I was watching uh, MTG AIDS, which is an, kind of a terrible name, but he's the uh, a YouTuber who actually was the guy that created the five color human stack. And I was watching a video of his where he was testing out like a five color modern slivers deck, and he played against the uh, Hollow One deck, and they I think they like turned two to him, <laughs> like just killed him dead. That deck nice. is really explosive sometimes. They were playing the build with the um, the one mana the the red one drop that like gets buffed whenever you discard or cycle stuff. Oh sure. Or, yeah. So, it's like one or two mana that does it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that build is like even more like explosive and probably not as good as the one you're talking about with the burning trees. But yeah, just straight murdered him. <laughs> so going into this tournament, I made one small small change to my sideboard. Um, <laughs> after uh, deliberating with uh, good old John here for a little while. Hey, hey about, we uh, played. We played a lot of test games. This <laughs> you saying, oh, you're, you know, how how bad is your affinity matchup really? You seem like you're pre-bordered against them with all these anger of the gods main deck. Like, do you really need this Shatterstorm in your sideboard? Like, you should play something for the Etron matchup, like a ceremonious rejection. I, like, hey, yeah, I did not suggest probably safe. And then I went ahead and <laughs> lost to affinity two rounds in a row. I didn't specify ceremonious rejection. <laughs> That's funny. I specified third Kefnet, which you said was right out. <laughs> which would have been even worse. <laughs> yeah, the problem is I, I actually lost game three against Shadow with I after drawing both of my Kefnets because um playing a Kefnet into a for loyalty Liliana of the Veil just seems really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the one way Kefnet doesn't just like crush Dev Shadow. <laughs> And seeing as how, okay, the, so that game was really kind of um, mildly tilting um, for me because my hand is like uh, a couple lands, a Kefnet, uh, maybe a Scred, and um, Storm Denial. Like, this hand's reasonable, like Kefnet's really good, but I was on the on the draw, unfortunately. So he goes like, you know, Fetchline Pass, I go Island Pass, and he goes, end of my turn, Thought Scour, and I'm like, hmm... So I stubborn deny it because I'm trying to keep him off of turn two Tasker because sure you know the blue red blue red decks have like a really hard time killing a Tasker as it is and even with Screds like I have to wait until turn five before I can kill this thing I'm just <laughs> kind of dead by then 
And um, he's like, all right, all right. Untap and promptly just plays another Thought Scour for the fetch land. The plays turn to Tasker anyway. I'm like, all right. That's pretty sweet. So I decide that I'm just going to double steering visions to try and dig for, you know, some way to not die to this thing or a blood boon or something like that. And then he just, you know, untaps and plays Lily on the Veil, and that was really sad. <clears throat> yep, that'll do it. I'm not sure if doing nothing there and just representing counter magic would have been enough to have him not play Liliana there. Sometimes they just jam it. Yeah, I feel like every time um, I pretend to have counter magic, the opponent just... Eh? It's like, if you have it, you have it? Like, whatever? Yeah, they're just like, eh, show me what you got. And I was like, damn. How you did you me. know? <laughs> got them soul reads. Got me good. Yeah, that matchup was like, I don't know, we did a lot of playtesting with Shadow, and uh, you felt pretty favored. I mean, I, I got a couple games, but it was usually like when I had like the perfect sequence of cards, right? Like, Yeah, which, which honestly, it, it, that's how it feels a lot of the time against um, Grixis Shadow when I'm losing to that deck. It just feels like they just have all the answers all the time, you know, the perfect answer at the perfect moment. <clears throat> like, of course they have the Stubborn Denial, or of course they have the Thought Seize, or of course they have the, you know double shadow or Liliana of the Veil or whatever it is and you know that's I guess that's just how it goes um, I mean I was either doing that or just getting dumpstered by Kefnet <laughs> yeah I mean it's basically the two two possible permutations of gameplay <laughs> uh, I feel like my performance there didn't really do the the swan deck justice I mean I feel like the deck isn't so inconsistent that you should expect to, you know, win a PPTQ one weekend and then go, you know, essentially 0-3 drop the next. But um, it, it just wasn't wasn't there that that weekend. So uh, how about your RPTQ, Stephen? Uh, so my RPTQ in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, seventy-two player turnout, which means we were well in the range of the four-person invite. <laughs> Uh, bracket. There was no, no fake players on my end. I went seven rounds, which is pretty long. Luckily, we started at uh, eleven, which is an hour or two earlier than what I'm used to starting tournaments at. Um, and I ended up playing all seven rounds. Uh, round one against Grixis Death Shadow, crushed him two zero, just totally annihilated their face with like, I, they just couldn't do anything um, the standout play there was the finishing the, the turn it ended uh, on game 2 uh, he activates Tassiger, I have like Edge Champion Memnite, uh, Cranial Plating a Flyer, some other artifacts on the board um, but specifically in my hand, I have a walking ballista, and he's at one life. And I have two mana. That isn't going to go anywhere. And so he has, like, he has two red sources and two other sources. And so I'm thinking, he has one card in hand. I'm thinking in my head, like, I just absolutely lose this game to, like, Shatterstorm, right? I'm not expecting a Grixis player to play this, but, like, I'm in such a good place where I can give him... What I would normally consider a bad, uh, a good card for him, uh, off of his task trigger. So he has a fatal push in the graveyard, and he goes, like, put a thought season a land in my graveyard, and those are the only three cards he has. And so I give him the fatal push, and he just pauses, and like he's he goes to pick up the thought and he pauses and says, "What?" And I say, "Fatal push. You can have the fatal push." <laughs> he's like, uh -oh. "Okay." Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he like puts it in his hand and then just tanks just tanks for like 10 minutes uh <clears throat> and then finally I just, i'm just kind of like bored i'm just like hey can you make a play or something and he's like yeah i'll concede <laughs> wow <What? laughs> dear god and so and so i'm just like why and so then he asked me why i gave him gave him the thoughtsies and or gave him the fatal push instead of the thoughtsies and then I explained to him uh, that I just really didn't, like, like I didn't want him to, like, randomly 
win this game by like gaining life for like with whatever random smell and then casting thoughtsies and then like I'm just sitting there like doing nothing for the rest of the game. I don't know. I just I just wanted to make sure I won. And I, and maybe I just played too cautiously. I should have just given him the thoughts. He sees that one life. Like, what can he really do? Meanwhile, this guy's like, I'm getting skilled on so hard right now. <laughs> uh, like, wow, is my opponent like just bad, or am I just getting BM'd really hard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so yeah, oh, it, it, hindsight, you know, I probably just give him the thoughtsies. There, I'm. I'm out of range of like cuteness things happening because we're on RPTQ. Um, Wait, was he empty-handed? No, he had one card in hand. So he just like you give him fatal push and he just like inquisitions you. Oh, and then I, yeah, and then I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> just huh. <laughs> you uh, played yourself. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, so that was a, uh, an interesting match. It was it was just funny. It was funny. It was. Entertaining at, at at the most. Uh, I played against American Control next round, and I lost 0-2 pretty quickly. Um, turns out Path, Bolt, Helix, real good against uh, Affinity, which is something I've always had trouble dealing with. Um, round three was against uh, a red-green Valakut deck. Uh, I won 2-0. Uh, he just had no chance. I just drew disgustingly well. Uh, making like turn one Steel Overseer, turn two Arcbar Ravager, Arcbar Ravager plays is just like good luck beating that Small kind of stars. starting. If, if I may interrupt you briefly, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it just reminded me of something I witnessed at my RPTQ, it was um, the same matchup, Affinity vs. Uh, Grieve Valakut. But the Valakut player was ripping top decks like even better than oh, Alex Lloyd did in that GP. <laughs> oh man. Like so uh the Finney player like cast his thought sees after having like um like plating Memnite um Springleaf drums some stuff like Thoughtseize is the Titan Shift player, and he shows his hand. It's like, like fetch land, fetch land, primeval Titan, primeval Titan, scape shift. Oh man! I'm like, oh my god, this guy is so dead. He's just <laughs> unbelievably dead. And the affinity player is like, I don't know. Like, do any of these cards even matter? <laughs> like, take a Titan? Question mark. I don't know. Sure, whatever. Uh, Titan Shift player untaps, draws a card, plays his land, says go. Infinity player, like, um, untaps, draws Arcbound Ravager. I'm like, oh my god. This is it. Jeez. This is the end. I cast Arcbound Ravager, and uh, Scape Shift guy goes, uh, in response, um, Ancient Grudge, your cranial plating. Oh my god. I'm like, huh. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, mm. I think it like flashes it back to um, kill like the Vault Scourge as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, fine. He has this Ravager and cranial plating, and he'll be fine. Well, the, the cranial plating's dead, right? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so if any uh, player looks looks at life totals and Titanship guys at ten, and so she attacks with her Memnite, and she's like thinking about it. And then she moves all in on this Memnite, makes it a 5-5. Five, five. Oh, no. It's like, you have, you know, next turn I get you. I'm going to get you good. No. So she's left with a 5-5 five, five like Memnite and second, a Spire of Industry. And opponent, like, just untaps, plays a land, passes back. Not like this. If any player draws, like, you know, nothing. Whatever. I'm yeah. Memnite. <laughs> Irrelevant. Goes to goes for lethal attack and out of nowhere, fracturing gust. Oh! oh. oh. Kill your M Knight, gain two life. Get wrecked. Untap, <laughs> play Primeval Titan. Ah. GG's. Jeez. Oh shit. Mm. That's, That's pretty good. Gusty. That's a great line. 
But anyway, anyway, yeah. But back, back, back to your back to your stories. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's savage. Uh, good old fracturing gust, crushing crushing dreams. <laughs> so good. So good. He, like he had to go down to two to cast the fracturing gusts because of um, all of his fetch lands and whatever. Mm-hmm. So if opponent just had Galvast, he just would have died. Yeah, but, but but never lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, my next round was against American Control again, but I drew insanely well game one. Uh, game two, I got. Uh, American controlled out of the game and uh, game three I came out of the gates pretty pretty strong um, games two and three he resolved a turn to stony silence each time and uh, so on game three I just kept a hand with double signal pest and some other dudes to just really close the game out and yeah, that, that did that pretty easily. Um, I got to swing with two ink moth nex or blank moth nexuses and uh, two signal pests twice um, for a total of like 16 damage. He fetched twice already, and so it was just about get, squeaking in two more points of damage after that, which he couldn't prevent. Um, then I played against Grix's Death Shadow. Oh, and so mind you, at this point, uh, round going into round five, I'm uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm three and one. Uh, so going into round five, uh, played against Grixis Death Shadow, and I unfortunately lost my third match or the third game of that match uh, because of my own Blood Moon. I uh, had lethal on board if I didn't have Blood Moon, but you know sometimes it's just really good to play Blood Moon, and at that moment, it uh, it was really good. He didn't have any basic lands, and he actually ripped uh, a swamp off the top of his deck, which is very unfortunate for me. <laughs> um, uh, which allowed him to go like Death Shadow, go Death Shadow, go Fatal Push, something. Ooh, baby. I had welding jar and then he fatal pushed something else and then i used my last welding jar and then he was able to squeak in with a with enough to to kill me for exacties um then i played against storm and i lost he stormed on turn three in game one in game two i beat him i went rest in peace rule of law uh <laughs> turn two turn three and he's just like yeah all right <laughs> Uh, and then game three, I resolved a rest in pe- or a, a rule of law, but he had the echoing truth to respond uh, and combo off the next turn after. Uh, the old truth. Yeah. Uh, then I played against Tropical Fish, which is uh, the Merfolk deck that has green in it, and I totally crushed him 2-0, as that matchup will normally go. You know, I mean, the deck didn't get its nickname for nothing. <laughs> um, so overall, I went four and three. Um, I ended up placing twenty fifth, I believe. I ended up getting twelve packs, and I split. Uh, I got, I took six pack, and then got some credit, bought some cool things to make me feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was in the 4-3 bracket with a bunch of other people. And I think maybe, just maybe, if I would have gotten one of my one of my final two losses into a win, I probably would have been in contention for top eight, um, depending on my breakers. Um, you know, we, we, have a, we have a time-honored quote for situations like this. Um, what was that? Given down to us by Kevin's girlfriend, Alani. Chris, do you want to do you want to share share with us? Well, I guess uh, a little more context is it was uh, a <laughs> phrase gifted to us by Kevin, uh, directed towards his girlfriend initially. <laughs> and, uh, Kevin's getting outed hardcore now. <laughs> the, the, the phrase is, um, you know, you could have won some more games if you had just played better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
funny. <laughs> Not wrong. End quote. Something we must all remember as we uh, sit down and play magic. <laughs> um, very true. <laughs> uh, and uh, my sideboard. Uh, from my sideboard, I was running so. If you don't know, I had a I have an art uh, an affinity primer on our website. You can go check that out um, if you'd like to take a look at my original list. But uh, the only changes I made to my sideboard was switching out my wear and tear uh, slot for a spell pierce, so that I was running two stubborn Isles and one spell pierce. Um, I was expecting to see a lot of affinity hate. And I just wanted to be very well prepared for that. Uh, assuming that I can sub out my... That my first sub out in most matches would be three thought cast for three one mana counter spells. Um, and then I can decide after that how to, how to board <clears throat> um, accordingly. But yeah, those are the only, those are the only changes I made. Um, overall kind of... I felt like the spell pierce came in handy a couple times, um, but nothing too notable. Um, excuse me. Around the room, uh, there was green, black, X running around. A lot of it, actually. Uh, there was a few uh, Jund Death Shadow decks, which I was intrigued to see. And then there were uh, a handful of just Jund and Abzan decks. Um, I really wanted to avoid the Abzan decks. I believe uh, one of them ended up making it into the top eight. Uh, Control was uh, just as big as Green Black X, having various of shells around the room. Uh, Affinity was there as like probably like the third most played deck there. Um, there were some Eldrazi Tron decks. There were some Grixis Death Shadow decks. The one that I played. The second one I played against had uh, Teamer Battle Rage, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then one, the the standout deck for me, I guess, was the Through the Breach deck there. Um, I didn't really expect anybody to be playing that at an RPTQ, but I guess that's just kind of a deck that says, oops, I win every once in a while. The blue-red one? Yeah. I've heard really good things about that deck recently. Does it perform well enough to do... to 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 beat the current meta, I guess. Seems I mean, really bad against a lot of um, Jund and you know discard spells. Yeah, that's true. Jund's been on the downswing now. Apparently not at this tournament though. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The day before, actually, at the last chance qualifier, uh, a Jund player ended up winning. Truly a notable event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, I was, I was, I was honestly shocked to hear what he was playing and how he won. <clears throat> what? You, what, what is it you say? Junded them out? <laughs> this ancient I phrase. haven't heard that phrase in years. <laughs> but I guess that's enough about us. Uh, let's move into our GP talk, shall we? Shall we? We shall. <laughs> let's talk about uh let's talk about how many energy decks there were there uh the that were at all three of them uh, many <laughs> many yes much <laughs> much energy yeah so um big surprises going from the pt to the gp weekend we see we still have tons and tons of energy <laughs> um particularly of uh, the four color variants uh, I guess people are uh, really taking a liking to the old Scarab God. I mean, can you blame them? I mean, have, its price tag have, have speaks you, for itself. Have, have you seen the card? It, uh, <laughs> it slices, it dices, it doesn't die to Chandra or to Glorybringer. <laughs> Seems like Some a good say place it to doesn't die at all. <laughs> you know, I was watching... Uh, GP coverage from Warsaw and um, the uh, it was Team Energy versus Four Color Energy and the Team Energy player uh, at the end of his turn 
um, Harness Lightning's his opponent Scarab God, so the trigger doesn't happen until the beginning of the next end step. And so four color energy player, you know, goes about his turn, does some stuff, and <coughs> passes turn back. Doesn't doesn't trigger his Scarab God. I'm like, huh? Riley Knight, you know, goes off about, oh, you know, really clear cut, you know, you know, no takesy backsies at this level, especially against a player like this. I think the the guy on Team Energy is like 15th ranked in the world right now or something. And lo and behold, at the, the end of the next turn cycle, the Scarab God comes back. Apparently the judge thought otherwise. <laughs> it's, just, it's like suspend one on your, your Scarab God trigger. Jeez. <laughs> It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Wait, so so what happened at the at that at his next end step? His opponent's his opponent's the next, so it's like the next next end step. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah, I yeah I I don't know. You know, we couldn't hear the you know the the table, but um, it could have been a communication thing. You know, the uh, the four color energy player passes team energy guy. You know, uh, activates Whirler Virtuoso twice at end of turn, and then hurriedly untaps his permanence maybe that had something to do with it I don't know hmm interesting yeah that's that's very odd um just Riley Riley Knight had to eat a little bit of uh, a little bit of crow there <laughs> he was confused uh, that's funny yeah but uh yeah a lot of scarab gods uh popping back into into play from the uh or back to hand from the graveyard uh some slower than others but uh most of them making their way back into people's hands uh, eventually um sometimes not even from their own triggers sometimes uh courtesy of a river's rebuke uh did you guys seen how devastating this card is in the uh the mid-range mirrors and standard right now no it is i haven't uh, seen the card cast but i would imagine that um Cyclonic Rift is pretty good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is backbreaking. <laughs> you get some really cluttered board states in these mirrors, where I mean, you got planeswalkers, creatures, tokens, and woof, back to your hand. Gone, poof. gone, or gone. Yeah, it's just it's real hard to come back from that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your threats are pretty pretty expensive you know standard is not you know you kind of deploy stuff you know over multiple turns you're not really just dumping your hand out usually yeah and, um it's real hard to get back into the game once all your uh, all your stuff gets bounced back to hand yeah I, uh, I saw that same match i think the four co energy player had like man maybe like seven or eight permanents bounced back to his hand and a couple tokens that just promptly vanished into the ether um I think yeah, he just scooped. I think to that, but um, I think he would have had to discard the hand size on this turn, perhaps. <laughs> wow, that's a uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, jeez. Yeah, that card. That card. Keep an eye out on that one for cracking the uh, the mid range matchups wide open. Uh, that card is puts a serious hurting on uh, on you if you can slip that in through uh, through in a gate. Wait till your opponent taps just low enough. Um, but, uh, the, uh, interesting things about this, uh, this, uh, series of top eights, we have 24 top eight players, quote unquote, uh, due to the triple GP weekend. There's a lot of red deck wins at the Chinese Grand Prix. I believe there were, was it four or five? One, two, three, four, four of them. One, two, three, four. Yeah. See, yeah, Shanghai really putting Ram and Ram and Ram and Ram Rap Red back on the map. <laughs> uh, and it looks like out of all those decks, out of the 24, 19 played Chandra. Yeah, Chandra is uh, is is big. Chandra's real big. Actually, I wanted to point out real quick before we move on this uh, this sweet Grixis Tokens deck um, that came out of the top eight in. Uh, Shanghai, and you guys were excited about it. You want to tell us a little bit about that deck? Yeah, so the Grixis Thopter deck in uh, Shanghai has four Aether swoops, Swoopers. Swoops, swoops. Swoop, swoop. Uh, What's that one card? card? Uh, swooping. Swooping, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, one PNLR, four Whir- Whirler Virtuosos, four Maverick Thopterists, uh, one Scarab God, a Chandra, and then uh, three Metal Metallic. No. Yes, Metallic. Yeah. Three Metallic Rebuke, two Reverse Engineer, three Harness Lightnings, two Magma Sprays, um, f- a playset of Inventor's Goggles decoc- and Decoction Modules. One Aether Sphere, Aether Sphere Harvester and one Sky and one Sky Sovereign console flagship. Uh, this deck was seems very very interesting, and I can see that it's playing black for the sole reason of running Scarab God in the main board and running uh, four Duress and one Battle the Bridge in the sideboard. Scrap heap um, scrounger too, man. Gotta have that black sure. mana to bring it back. Sure. Gotta have that black mana if you want to rumble. Um, I don't know. It seems it seems like a lot of fun. It seems it seems like making a bunch of tokens everywhere is is kind of hard for most decks that have you know either singleton removal spells or are afraid to play sweepers because of their own creatures. Seems like it would do good in that kind of meta. I think it's interesting that he managed to cram like three singleton high impact threats into the deck. He's got Chandra, Scarab God, and Sky Sovereign as one ofs. Just mm-hmm. like just like that little spice on top, right? Just gotta yeah. gotta sprinkle a little bit right on top there, a little extra. <laughs> I just like that um, you can use a, a token to crew the Aether Sword Harvester, which can then crew the the Sky Sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gurren logging up in here. It's like a it's like a thopter <laughs> flying a, a vehicle flying another vehicle. Yeah, it's straight up Gurren Logan right there. <laughs> Just flies it straight into it. <laughs> oh man, excellent. Yeah, this deck is sweet. Um, the mana for the deck looks pretty solid. Um, uh, mana bases in, in modern right now are, are pretty pretty nice, especially if you're uh, if Standard. you're if you're playing. What did I say? Modern. You said modern. Oh. Rip. I mean, I'm not wrong, but <laughs> the mana bases in standard right now are pretty good, especially uh, especially if you're playing an artifact heavy deck or a yeah. tune with with uh, either. Yeah. <laughs> what a card! What a card! I do I do find it interesting that 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 player is running all a singleton f- uh, field of rune in the sideboard. Um, get him I, sometimes. I mean, I understand that running two inventors fairs in this deck is is valid you you're probably going to crack one of those most more often than not um but I, I think you could probably make do with one and just have two field of runes in the main board and then just kind of it frees you up to have something else in the sideboard to to play around with maybe another river's rebuke uh, yes, or I maybe see. another battle the bridge or some other some other card that contains black in it to make the the point that you're running grixis for other things other than Scarab God? I wonder how many post-board games Rivers Rebuke won him. Probably a lot. Probably. Maybe maybe mo- maybe a lot of them. I don't think most, but uh, yeah, it seems seems good. But with Scarab God, I mean, what other black cards do you need? <laughs> yeah. Just one. Just one Scarab God. Well, speaking of um, a tune with Aether... Uh, over in Grand Prix Warsaw, there's a pretty sweet deck, the um, the blue green Pummeler deck. Although I guess it technically has a very slight black splash in the board with three Cartouge of Ambition. Mm. Ooh, ambitious! Ambitious indeed. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta gotta give your guy lifelink for three mana. I don't know. But this deck looks sweet. Like, um, it's it seems very kind of like with larger than life being a sorcery. I feel like if larger than life is getting cast, you're you're probably killing your opponent. Yeah. That turn. I would hope so. Um, having the having uh, dive down as your for uh, your fifth and sixth blossoming defense is pretty awesome in the deck. Um, also, you gotta have that uh, one with the wind because four cartouches of knowledge is all you're allowed to play. 
I can just imagine, you know, your opponent just has a flying pummeler, and you're just thinking, like, how do I beat this? Fatal push? <laughs> Question mark? And then they just dive down, and you're like, what? Oh, yep, uh, that's game. <laughs> yeah. Getcha. Turns out you can dive down while still flying. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not diving all the way down. Just, just a little bit, just enough. A bit, a bit. Uh, I, I do find this, I find this interesting, uh, comparative to the, the blue red version that was running around, um, before this last set came out, um, that worked more of a, as a combo deck that just really wanted to make a bunch of energy turn one, two, three, and then turn four, kill you with like a, you know, 40, 40 pummeler. Yeah. I mean, you can also just play along Tusk Cub and, you know, just make them real big and make them fly. Yeah, this deck seems good much... enough a lot of the time. Especially yeah, with all it, your blossoming defenses and that kind of thing. It seems well more suited for the for the mid to late game than it its, uh, its aggressive counterpart with red. Um, which makes me like this deck a little more than that version, but um, it's, it's nice to see Pummeler doing things. He still gets around, you know? I always thought that was just going to be a dead card. Really? Yeah. It, it didn't really speak to me because, you know, I'd, I'd, I haven't gotten this into into standard as much uh, these past couple months, and uh, I never realized how broken the energy mechanic was. Uh, you must never have known anyone that played Infect <laughs> in Modern. Yeah, I no, like I didn't. Every person that played Infect was just like, Ooh, <laughs> shiny. <laughs> and they saw this card get spoiled. Another thing that's interesting to me is how cheap this deck is. 65 ticks online, 102 in paper. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cheaper than, like, the God Pharaoh's gift decks. Yeah. Well, that's because that's the God Pharaoh's gift decks had... An incredible spike on the the white flyer that gives all your things plus plus. Oh, the uh, angel of invention. Yeah. Sixty five ticks, man. That's like, you could you could take your date out to a nice dinner and disappoint her for one night, <laughs> <laughs> or you could buy this deck and disappoint her every Friday night. <laughs> but you bought it online. Why why be exclusive to Friday? <laughs> Uh, gotta have FNM, man. Gotta have FNM. It's a holy day. So yeah, overall, I think the the standard format seems um, a little tilted. I, I not that I'm not saying that it needs a banning. It just seems like if you're not playing energy, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Or at least if you're not playing Scarab God or Chandra, what are you doing with your life? I was going to say, you're probably playing Ramen Up Red and crushing people with Hazaret, but then you added Chandra to that list. <laughs> <laughs> Just seems like those are the powerhouse cards, the big payoff cards for this format, and it doesn't seem like uh, that a new set might change that, although I'm kind of have my fingers crossed on uh, Dinosaurs being a very broken deck. Um, I've managed to pick up a few dinosaur staples that I think would make that deck pretty good. Um, and I'm hoping that that Wizards did the same thing with dinosaurs that they did with energy and just make it way too good. Yeah, man. The, uh, they're going to they're gonna open up the, uh, the, the city, you know, the, the golden city. And they're gonna, it's going to be full of battle armor for dinosaurs. And we're gonna have and robot dinosaurs. We're gonna have robot dinosaurs <laughs> duking it out. Yes. Yeah, man. You just you know have it hop into its you know battle mech. Carnage tyrant hops on in. Got a got a rocket launcher. Blow up some glory bringers. Proof that dragons are inferior to dinosaurs, once and for all. Jeez. <laughs> Get some Digimon action going. Yeah, man. I think I think more likely is we're just gonna see bigger dinos, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bigger more more reasonably priced dinos i think is a, a more realistic outcome than calvin and hobbs-esque battle armor uh i guess a good segue into this uh speaking of 
uh, unrealistic cards. Um, let's talk about that Earl of Squirrel, man. Oh, yeah. Earl of Squirrel is like, I've been so hyped since I saw this spoiler this morning. I'm like, anyone that, anyone that listen, I'm like, man, do you see this, this squirrel card? It makes, makes squirrel tokens. Pumps squirrel tokens. <laughs> makes your tokens that aren't squirrels, squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, cast cast a, a lingering souls. Oh, those are also squirrels. A lingering squirrels. A lingering, lingering squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel spirits. If, that are if you're not familiar, <laughs> if you're not familiar to what we're referring to, uh, we're talking about the spoilers from the unstable set. Um, Earl of Squirrel is a six mana, green, green, and four. Uh, has Squirrel Link. Uh, damage dealt by this creature also causes you to create that many one-one green squirrel creature tokens. Uh, creature tokens you control are squirrels in addition to their other creature types. Other squirrels you control have plus one, plus one. It is a 4-4, four, four, um, and it is not legendary, which is cool. It's just cool in general. Yeah. This guy it, is best friends of Deranged Hermit. Oh, my God. Just, it's it. This is pretty cool. I, I, I will be hoping to pull an Earl of Squirrel in my uh, unstable draft whenever that happens. There's got to be, like, some sort of enchantment or equipment that lets you, like, bazooka this guy i guess you could like not fling but you need something that like lets it just like fight stuff yeah oh yeah like yep that'd be great oh you need like or just even just even like tap to deal one damage sort of thing <laughs> pinger like viridian yeah. longbow yeah yeah you need, yeah, yeah. you need like uh what's that goblin that does a damage then untaps when it kills something there's gotta be some oh, sort of equipment that does that. Sharpshooter? Right? Yeah, you need like you need like a goblin sharpshooter effect for this guy. Because <laughs> you can shoot your own scroll tokens and just untap it forever. <laughs> got him. Doubling season, squirrel. Doubling season. We got a stew cooking now, boys. Oh man. Some squirrel stew here. Also, uh, from those spoilers, if you haven't seen them, you should go check them out. It is uh, they've spoiled the the uh full art basic lands from that coming out of that set and man do they look awesome in my opinion uh, there's no squirrels on those lands as far as i can tell so not there, interested listen there is a squirrel nest in the forest oh okay you can oh you know what there might be a squirrel in the forest you know there's gonna be squirrel tokens with this set <laughs> They're going to be premium. They're going to be foil squirrel tokens. Oh, man. Yeah, no longer will you have to hunt far and wide to find your uh, your squirrel tokens. They are quite difficult to find these days. Are uh, they really? Yeah, the nice ones. Oh, I have like 10 of them. Really? The, uh, the Like the old style full art? Yeah. Yeah, those are a couple dollars, I think, each. Ooh. Yeah. I have to cash those in. <laughs> yeah. Cash out squirrels. <laughs> or you can play them with your Earl of Earl Squirrel. Of squirrel. <laughs> Got Ten em. may not be enough. Yeah, you might need additional. <laughs> you require additional squirrels. Not enough squirrels. Uh, yeah, uh, just, I'm pretty... Oh. Uh, from, from the spoilers, I'm kind of excited for the set just because, uh, like you said earlier, John, it, it seems like... It seems like they're aiming to build a functional magic set, not just printing a bunch of random inside jokes um, that they can appreciate. I mean, did you guys ever go, like, draft the other sets, the other unsets? No, I, I haven't. No. I, I went to the pre-release for Unhinged, and it was bedlam. <laughs> it, was mad- <laughs> it, was, it was madness. It was it was fun, but it was, like, just, just this side of awful, you know, like... People um, standing up. There was like and... cards that had you put your shoes on the table, and like people like trying to take their pants off, and and when you when you were done, your promo was ass whooping, which is like a vindicate for other games, and so <laughs> you would get knocked out, find someone else, and then just sit down somewhere nearby the person that knocked you out, and like vindicate their land from the other game over while they're still playing in the tournament. <laughs> Like fuck you, <laughs> knock me out, huh? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it was it was madness. Like just so, I mean, it was fine, but the 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 functionality of the draft format was suspect at best. 
this set looks much more aimed at being a uh, a replayable experience than rather than something you you do once talk about for the next decade and vow never to actually play again <laughs> <laughs> like combat math with like little girl gets difficult really quick <laughs> so a half half attacking like you get half a damage marked on your guy you're like what <laughs> do we do we round or not yeah there's like a card that had super haste oh yeah it's like a super atomic something something snail <laughs> rocket powered turbo slug oh yeah yeah like super haste it has super haste <laughs> you attack like the turn before you cast it but you have to cast it the next turn <laughs> so it's like a pack it's like it's like it's like dash but the turn before it's like very strange yeah yeah there's stuff like that that's funny yeah uh so um yeah this, this set looks fun i will definitely be going to a pre-release and and partaking in some shenanigans um the i think the buy a box promo is a uh, alternate art earl of squirrel uh, I do not like it as much as the pack art, though, so I'm going to have to pick me up one. Might be the first non-proxy card to go into my vintage queue. <laughs> Listen, I, that, that card's just going to be gas in that deck. Or er, in that uh, cube. Oh, yeah. Seems seems sweet. I mean, still dies to removal. Goes <laughs> behind some squirrels, though. Yeah, not but the it, worst. But it leaves behind a bunch of squirrels. I mean, not if it doesn't get in. That's true. <laughs> Gotta give it haste. Gotta put them swift foot boots on it. Yes. Ooh, ooh buddy. That gets scary real quick. <laughs> Move over Blightsteel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's that, Dr- that Drake meme? He's like, meh, Blightsteel Colossus. Ah, Earl of Squirrel. Yeah, get it in my deck. <laughs> oh, natural order of this Earl of Squirrel. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Be still my beating heart. <laughs> oh. Oh, I mean, you can play this with um, with Eureka, like <laughs> put in Deranged Tournament, put in Earl of Squirrel. You are going, you are going down oh, the rabbit hole. Oh, it's not even this down into the squirrel, the squirrel nest. Hole. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I wanted to add Squirrel Nest to the cube now. <laughs> I have to get a lot well, more it, tokens. I need more. It seems like you're really hyped about this card. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited. As, uh, here we are, five minutes later, still talking about this single <laughs> spoiler from a silver bordered set. Um, I guess that's it's as good as any time to move on to our next segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 <coughs> Your squirrel of the week. Squirrel of the week. Squirrel of the week. <laughs> I was trying to find a good a good joke, but I couldn't I couldn't get it. In there. You know, you, know, um, you were. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, squeaking in, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I just want to, I just want to bring it up now." We're like twenty minutes into the cast, and I'm just like, "Ah, that's hilarious." Uh, moving on to uh, slot of the week, uh, where we talk about uh, one card out of our seventy-five that we're totally hyped to play about, play with this upcoming week. Other than Earl um, of Squirrel. Other than Earl of Squirrel. <laughs> and Opt. <laughs> and Opt. Um, let's start with you, John. Oh, man. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. You might get a squirrely answer out of me on such short notice. Um, it's being squirrely, at least. Um, my uh, my start of the week is a, is a split. It's a, it's a hybrid card. It's a... Cobble therapy slash stifle. Uh, that's because I think I'm going to be moving back into testing Grixis Delver away from Blue Red. Blue Red has failed me for the last time. Yeah, that sounds like a really busted split card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play a whole eight copies. Um, so uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if I want to go with the uh, the main deck therapy or main deck stifle version quite yet. And if you want to go really deep, you can play neither main deck. Although I'm not sure that's uh, correct. Oh, I love I love me some some stifle and legacy. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's um, it's just a really good you know kind of uh, tempo uh, you know uh, land denial uh, card. Has applications against a lot of other stuff, but um, I think right now the um, the power of Grixis Delver is its ability to pivot into more of a mid range deck and go long. 
um, and just kind of really, you know, grind games out against stuff like Chuck Pile and, and maybe not be as um, as vulnerable as some of the other smaller creature decks are to Chuck Pile's pile of removal and efficient beaters. Yeah, or, I mean, the old, like, Pyromancer into Probe into Therapy is just really gross. Yeah, exactly. So just having that, um, having that ability to grind rather than that... Um, that mana denial plan uh, could be a lot better, and uh, it's obviously better to have against any uh, any combo decks and any um, uh, prison decks that are floating around in the format. Um, obviously, it doesn't help you if they're on the play, but on the uh, on the play yourself, um, you gain a lot more ways to interact with these decks turn one, which can be really good. Um, being able to just to open with you know underground sea therapy. Name Chalice, hold up days or days in force of well is just a pretty pristine position to be in. So uh, I'm going to be exploring what direction I want to take the deck in, uh, and uh, I will let you guys know next week how I'm feeling. Uh, how about you, Chris? What's your set of the week? Well, I've uh, I've been playing Swans a lot recently, and so I think it's time I take a short break, at least a short break from the old. Snapcaster Swan deck, and go back to go back to my roots and play some good old Primeval Titan. Uh, I feel like it's been too long since I've cast my my old good old green friend, and yeah, I'm just I just really like that card for quite a long time. I've, a lot of people say I'm just like the Primeval Titan guy, and uh, yeah, nope. looking forward to, to casting more trampling six sixes. Note to self, bring Disdainful Strokes this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, it won't work against my big dinos. Oh, man. Big dinos almost as scary as Red Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Steven? What are you going to play? Uh, for this week, I'm going to be taking a break from Modern for a minute to kind of focus on my standard game. And maybe go to some standard PPTQs um, in the coming month. Um, I've been testing a lot with the blue-white Embalm deck that Saffron Olive uh, played with a few weeks ago. I think I mentioned it in my last slot of the week as well. Um, But I'm going to be trying out Vizier of Many Faces. It is a, a card that enters the battlefield and clones another creature. Um... And it has Embalm for uh, for some more mana to double up on that effect later in the game. Um, I'm kind of hoping that this is a good one or two of in the main board, maybe in the sideboard uh, for this blue-white deck. And I can copy some Glorybringers before I exile them or copy some Scarab Gods or... Torrential Gear Hulk, whatever I feel like copying at the time. Um, but the Embalm, uh, if I have a... Uh, <clears throat> with the Embalm effect, if I have a... Um, poop. Forgot the name of the card. Man, you were talking about, you know, powerful split cards with that Cobble Therapy slash Stifle. Vizier of Many Faces, uh, Glorybringer slash... Uh, Scarab God at the same time seems a pretty good to me. <laughs> you know, if uh, you have your vizier with your Earl Scroll, it can be a vizier of many squirrels. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so excited! Anointed processions. Uh, if you have an anointed procession in play, um, oh man, you know what else that card goes great with? What Earl Squirrel? Weird. <laughs> a nutted, uh, a nutted procession. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe we'll just end it there. Here to here, folks. Uh, but yeah, the the vizier embalming and then having that on the battlefield, making multiple uh, copies of something, seems really awesome. And, I don't know, maybe it'll be a good addition to the deck, maybe it won't. I'm just kind of playing with the deck and seeing uh, what I can do with it. And uh, hopefully beat out some, some Teamer decks and some Energy decks and some uh, some Burn players. Drive them nuts. 
<sighs> and that that about wraps us up for this week. Thank you for checking us out and sticking out to the very end. Uh, if you're wondering where you can check out more content, you can head over to mtgconflicts.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter under the same name, uh, MTG Conflicts, one word. You can also find us on YouTube with that same name. Uh, if you have any suggestions or comments that you would like us to read, please feel free to email us at themtgconflicts at gmail.com. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around to the very end, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. You know, my favorite card when I first started playing was Chatter of the Squirrel. You're the worst. I'm not kidding.